Hello, hello. Welcome to Clear the Clutter Podcast, where I teach you timeless principles to clear out old money and mindset beliefs that are holding you back. Today, we're going to talk about the top three things to do when money doesn't feel safe. And of course, whether you're new to the podcast or if you've listened to the previous 60-something episodes, I have tons of examples for us to dive into. Um, One thing I just want to point out really quickly is Anything I talk about, if you are new to the podcast, then know that you can either go to margaretstevens.co slash shop for any of like the books or cups that I recommend or any of the products I recommend. Or if you want, you can go ahead and just scroll down and click on the link in the show notes and it takes you directly to all the resources. So with that being said, let's dive in. Um, for my regular listeners, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you and love you. Um, I haven't had a voice for almost two weeks. So I, for the past couple of weeks, I shouldn't say past couple of weeks, for the past couple of months, I've been getting a reoccurring sinus infection. Um, I thought it was just because there was a lot of new germs and um, we moved to a new building where I work and it was just my body acclimating um, or acclimating to all the new germs and just new environment. But when I got pretty much uh, three sinus infections within three months, it was pretty bad. I'm like, okay, well, clearly my body's trying to tell me something. I'm just not paying attention. And then on top of it, this last go around, which why if you are listening every single week, there was a lag in the last two episodes or between last episode and this episode was because I completely lost my voice. Um, I had no voice for two weeks or not two weeks, two days. And then it came back enough that I could kind of go back to work. And it was like it was a whole thing. And one thing that I have been doing lately, and I've pointed it out in some of the other episodes, but one thing I've been doing lately is whenever something is going on, good or bad, I try and step back a little bit and go, okay, well, what is the lesson I'm supposed to learn from this? Sometimes, like I said, it can be a good thing of like, oh, what did I need to learn from this? How can I recreate it? And then sometimes it's a bad thing, like getting three sinus infections within three months and going, okay, hmm, clearly... I'm doing something wrong. What do I need to learn from this? Um, And it's one of those things that I've been implementing. I started implementing it a little bit ago, a couple months ago around my uh, period, um, period, or if I was going through Mercury retrograde. Um, I kept looking at what's irritating me, what's annoying me, what keeps coming up, what's just getting me really, really frustrated that normally any other time of the month, I would like not be frustrated. And it was like that all over again when I got the cold. So I get the cold. I have no voice. I'm like, great. I can't go into work. I can't do the podcast episode. I can't do all the things that I genuinely love to do. What is going on? What can I learn from this? And one thing that I recognized during this last cold was that it was it was really tough to go ahead and take two, and it sounds so dumb to say out loud, but it was really tough to take two days off of work to stay home to be sick. Like there was a lot, of, a lot of guilt in there. There was shame in there. There was frustration in there. There was just pure exhaustion because like I was like sick and I was one of those sicks where like you don't even get to like, you're so sick, you don't even get to sleep sick. So like I kept trying to sleep and then like every 20 or 30 minutes I would wake up hacking my lungs out just because I was so sick. So like I couldn't even rejuvenate and like just pass out, right? All the, the, the things were not working and it got to a point where I had to get antibiotics again for the third time. 
So one thing I noticed was I was like, okay, well, clearly I'm sick. Like, this is not something I'm making up. It's in my head. I just don't feel good. Like, I'm clearly sick. And why? Why do I feel guilt? Why do I feel shame? Why do I feel frustration? And it came back to this core principle of there's still areas of my life where money doesn't feel safe. And that is what I've been marinating on for the last couple of weeks, which is why I wanted to do a whole podcast episode around it. Um, I want to bust through this myth that as you make a certain dollar amount or as you do this or as you do that, money magically feels safe. Um, it can and it does, but not completely. So not in the sense that most people think. So money can feel safe in demon scratching himself in the middle of an episode. <laughs> no, if you don't know, that is my uh, one of my mastiffs. He loves to be in the room when I'm podcasting, but he likes to drive me nuts and like jingle his collar at the same time. Um, but like money can feel safe, right? So if I look back at my life, clearly Ben and I are in a better better part of our lives than we were five years ago, eight years ago. We are making well more money, probably almost triple, which is ironic. It's, it's mind boggling to say out loud, right? But we're making more money. We're in a better environment. We're in a better financial position. So logically, you would think that because we have checked off these boxes, because we've tripled our income, as people love to brag and say, that therefore we should feel safe. And there is a level of safety. Like, I don't want to sound all bougie and, you know, you know, homegirl privilege, right? Like, there is a level of safety. I know that if something were to happen to one of our jobs, like, we have a year's plus of income put away. We've been very diligent about saving. We have assets we could turn into cash. We have resources. We have equipment that we could use to go out and make money. So, like, I, I recognize that, yes, there is a level of safety in the, the bits, right? But there is this underlying or this other aspect of safety that completely got triggered during this last cold that was money doesn't feel safe if I don't show up. And I was like, oh, that's a very interesting thought. So that's some of the things that people don't really talk about as they're like growing their income, right? You know, everyone talks about becoming the future billionaire, becoming the future millionaire. Like, I don't know if any of you have noticed, and I'm totally going to have a geeky moment for a second, but like, is if anyone else is reading romance novels, have you noticed the shift that like the the dude, right? The dude, the guy, the sexy man, the you know, the the you know, the, the person that the woman is pining after. He's no longer a millionaire. Like, oh no, he's like a several bajillion millionaire or he's like a billionaire with a capital B, right? So I find it fascinating how our money mindset collectively has shifted that like being a millionaire is not cool enough. Like now you have to be a billionaire. And regardless, that's not even true. You know, what I do want to point out is as you are going through your money evolution, there are going to be times where money doesn't feel safe. Like you could totally, and this is a real example, right? So you could go and have someone come up to you and double your income today, right? If someone came up to you with a check for exactly what you would make this year and handed it to you and said, here you go, free of charge, post taxes, post everything. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. Most people are going to freak the freak out. Yes, you're going to be excited. Yes, you're going to want to spend it. Yes, you're going to want to go on a vacation. There's all these little things, right? But your internal state majority of the time is going to be like, oh my God, this is never going to happen again. So let me, let me splurge. Let me hoard. Let me, let me do this crazy action because I don't feel like this level of money can continuously come back to me. So it's, it's this underlying current. It's this underlining almost infection where 
long-term money doesn't feel safe. This level of wealth doesn't feel safe. This level of income doesn't feel safe. This level of succeeding in your side hustle doesn't feel safe. There, you know, I'm trying to think of like some of the different examples I hear a lot and some of the things I've even gone through. And for me, like I was saying earlier in the episode was feeling it doesn't feel safe when I get sick. Money only feels safe if I show up. Money only feels safe if I'm going there and I'm working. Now, mind you, I love to work. Like, I genuinely do. Like, I'm, I'm very passionate about my day job. Um, I deeply enjoy it. I've created it from a job into a craft. Um, you know, I, I, I like to do things. I like to go out and earn money. Of course, I get tired like everyone else. I love to have my Sundays off like everyone else. Like I am human, right? But I do genuinely love to earn money. I love the smell of money. I love the feel of money. I love having money in my purse. I love money, having money in my, my office. Like I, I just love, deeply love money. So it's not like I don't like money. It's not like I don't appreciate money. It's not like I don't value money. But if I have this mindset, if I have this thought process, if I have this trigger that money doesn't feel safe unless I show up, well, then I'm just setting myself up for a disaster. So it doesn't allow. And let me let me explain. Right. Right. So the reason why that is a bad mindset, um, which is why I want to clear it out, is because that means you can never not show up because if you don't show up, the money's not there to take care of you. So that example of me getting sick, um, it should have been legitimately a no-brainer to take two days off. I mean, I have a bajillion hours of PTO, so it wasn't even about the PTO, right? My guys at work could handle, you know, my staff beneath me could handle the workload. Um, people were able to do the shifty things. Ben was able to help out because I wasn't there. Like everyone was able to shift and pivot and, you know, pitch in, right? So I had a supportive team. I had the PTO. Um, I had all the cold medicine and, you know, antibiotics and vitamins that I needed. You know, my job was to literally sit there and get better. And there was this massive guilt because I had created this mindset that if I don't show up, if I don't actively work, if I don't earn it, then therefore money won't always show up. Money doesn't feel safe. Money is not reliable. Money is not consistent. And that is just like the dumbest thought process ever. And I can, I, I clearly understand that that comes from a lower income mindset that you are taught you are trained you are bred it is part of the culture when you come from you know I don't want to say poor because it's not necessarily poor but a lower income mindset a lower income household it is bred into you that you show up every single day you do the job it doesn't matter if you have to come in bleeding you show up anyway so there's a messiness to that because that's not ultimately true if we look at all of the triggers we look at the the um the 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 overarching effect of all of this and we take that and we break it apart and we just blow it apart right that's not ultimately true because money can show up in a multitude of ways it's just a matter of how have you set it up to show up in your life and what ways have you had it show up so i was looking back at like some of our income streams that we've had which is just fancy words for side hustle so i don't want anyone to think like i'm like super pretentious or that like i have all these massive income streams no we just have our day jobs and we have some side hustles therefore multiple income streams and i'm using the air quotes here because i want you to i want you to like go behind the jargon and like really dive deep into it and not get like glossed over because your jargon isn't the same as my jargon so i was looking at our multiple income streams aka our side hustles and i'm like oh, every single one of our side hustle hustles only works if we show up. 
It only works if I am on the podcast. It only works if we do agriculture work. It only works if Ben does a flip. It only works if we do this, if we do that, if we do yada, 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 yada. If we show up to our day jobs, that's the only time money works for us. And it's like, okay, well, is that realistic? And I think that was probably like a couple days into this massive cold. I was like, that is so not realistic. And I've talked openly about the health issues we have struggled with in the past, um, how I wanted to, you know, and how I'm in the process of creating broken arm income because I have had, you know, just not only through Ben, but also on my side, I've had things happen to where like I'm physically prevented from going and making money and you like, you still have to live. So I'm thinking of all of these things and it's like, okay, well, I can't clearly overcompensate and have 15 different income streams, aka side hustles that only work if I ever show up because it's just not reliable. It's not consistent. It's not, it's not scalable, right? I need to have something that takes care of me when I'm not present. And the only reason why I was able to go and have that thought process and go from identifying that trigger and then coming up with a solution and creating a pattern of now I know what to focus on is because of, and I'll give her credit, Amanda Francis. And yes, I have listened to a ton of other money people. Yes, I have bought books. Yes, I have bought courses. Yes, I have done downloads. I've done meditations. I've done all the things, right? I continue to come back to Amanda Francis and her courses and her teachings because just like I harp on, and I use the word harp for a reason, I harp on timeless principles. I feel like Amanda Francis has always taught something that's a timeless principle. It doesn't matter if the videos are from this year in 2022 or if the videos are like five or 10 years old. It doesn't matter. The content is still the same. And one of the courses that I've been diving back into to kind of get myself out of this, this money funk and this money, it's like I backed myself into a money corner, right? Like you're trying to get better. You're trying to rise above, um, you know, the things, you know, whether it's a, a lower income household, um, bad money mindset, bad money habits, um, bad money practices, really crappy belief systems, self-sabotaging. You try and rise above all of these things, right? And then sometimes just like, again, any other human does sometimes you back yourself into a corner and it's like okay well I can either stay back into a corner or I can go ahead and shift myself out and I can get back on the open road to where I have endless possibilities and that's why like I said I've always been very honest and open about how much I love her courses the one course that I am using to help shift my mindset and get back out of that corner and get back into the open roads use the analogy is the energy and frequency of money um Depending on when you're listening to this, I know right now she has it on sale, which is why I kind of wanted to create an episode around it, um, just because it fits in nicely. And if I'm going to recommend something, you know me, I love me a good coupon. Like I am obsessed with coupons. It makes me happy. It brings joy to my world. I just love it. So if you're interested in something like that right now, is the time to do it because there's a coupon going on. And then if you buy the course in full, um, I will actually give you another bonus. I will send you the mug. You'll just have to email me with a copy of your receipt and then you'll have to email me your address and I will send you a mug of what I don't know. I hire someone to teach me as a pay in full bonus. Um, so you get double the coupons. You get a free mug from me because I love you and I deeply appreciate you. And you'll get the fact that the course is on sale right now. And why does any of that matter, right? So I want you to be able to go through and I want you to be able to 
look at your life and go and identify the triggers. So for me, let's go through this scenario, right? For me, the trigger was I got sick and there was guilt around staying home and not working because I felt I wasn't doing my part to show up for money, even though I had clearly needed to not show up because I was like super contagious, right? Ben had to like stay very far away from me and my only companions were my fur babies because I was stupid freaking sick. But yet I had built up this mindset that if I don't show up for money, it won't show up for me. So you go and you identify the trigger. Step number two, point number two, whatever you want to think of it is once you've identified the trigger, you need to start building and being aware of the new habits or the new patterns you want to create instead. So this is what I was talking about when I was saying like, oh, you know, the side hustles or the income streams. I looked back at all the habits we had built. We had built all of these habits of if we don't show up, money doesn't show up. If we don't show up, money doesn't show up. If we don't show up, money doesn't show up. So I have reinforced the negative um, mindset that if I don't show up, money doesn't show up. If Ben doesn't show up, money doesn't show up. We didn't have investments or technically, I mean, we do, but we don't like we didn't have investments of money coming in that the, the money would show up no matter what. We didn't have any passive income streams. We didn't have any anything that if we didn't show up, the money didn't show up built into our life. So of course, the trigger of if I don't show up, money doesn't show up is completely true. Like a lot of this stuff, when I talk about the words trigger, triggers, not trigger, triggers are habits or patterns. Like I don't mean them in a woo way. I mean them in a very concrete way. These are real things that are happening to you. These are real things that can also be changed. You know, the word trigger is very trendy, trendy lately. And it, it's one of those things that like, you know, whether it's a trigger or if it's a, um, a thing that's happening to you and now you're completely aware, like the verbiage kind of doesn't matter as long as you're aware of it. What is the thing that like, if you, what is your version of the cold, right? If you don't show up, if you don't do X, money doesn't do Y. What is that for you? And then again, let's go back to number two. What new habit do you need to create to break the habit that you've currently been living in? So what things do I need to do? What things do I need to focus on? Because again, you can only focus on yourself. You can't focus or influence or manipulate anyone else. Well, I shouldn't say influence. You can't force or manipulate anyone else. You can influence, you can be a, a um, leader, you can be a, a um, trendsetter, whatever you want to call it. You can be an influencer. You can be a recommendation for someone, but you can't force or manipulate, right? So what things do you need to start being aware of? What things do you need to start doing? What things do you need to start creating? What habits, what patterns do you need to start creating so that you can break the habit that you're trying to get out of? So I have been actively, like slightly obsessively, but in a good way, thinking of, okay, what other things can we do that, what other ways can we have money show up for us that we are not present? So I'm breaking the habit, I'm breaking the trigger, I'm breaking the pattern of, if I don't show up, money doesn't show up. Well, how do I turn that on its head? Does that mean investments? Does that mean rental properties? Does that mean loaning out money with interest rates? Does that mean blank, 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 things I haven't even thought of or decided to talk about. What ways can I break that habit? And then the last step would be 
step number three, which is how do you walk the talk? How do you now become that person? So let's go through this example from start to finish, right? So you can follow along with me. So we identify the trigger that if I don't show up, money doesn't show up for me. Therefore, I feel massive amounts of guilt. I want to break that pattern. So to break that pattern, I decide to take some money and put it in a investment account, right? It could be $5. We're taking $5 and we're putting in an investment account. I have now broken the trigger of if I don't show up, money doesn't show up. Cool. Now, how do I become that person? That's step number three. How do I become Maggie, Margaret, the person that is now the investment person? She doesn't have to show up. Money still goes in her investment account. She doesn't have to click on the stock. Money is still going into her investment account and being invested. She doesn't have to do X, Y, and Z. Money is still doing its thing. Money is still being a part of the market. Money's going up, money's going down. But ultimately, if you look at the long trend, money's going up and up and up. And it's doing it without her being present. How do I get my money to work for itself? I heard... And I was on a different podcast this morning because one of the most glorious things about working together is clearly you carpool together. So we were um, going into work this morning and Ben was listening to one of these podcasts um, and it was talking about how you need to be, I forgot, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but you need to be mindful that money knows how to work for itself if you set it up in the right scenarios. And I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like money, yes, it's 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 a tangible thing it's an innate thing it's not smart right like it doesn't create there's no ai money right but if you invest into the stock market if you buy a real estate if you buy this if you buy a business if you buy whatever if you lend it out if you do things with it it's one of those things um uh And I don't like the terminology, so I'm going to kind of tweak the terminology. But if you make the money work for itself, then you have reached that next level of success. It's um, part of the book, um, The Richest Man of Babylon. That's the book I was thinking of. And it talks, I think that's like principle like six or seven, but it was really, really good. And it's like, okay, you know, and, and I don't get me wrong. I deeply understand that like this is a privilege to even have this level of a conversation. Like I was talking to my girlfriend about this while I was sick in between like eating like my body weight and cough drops. And like I cried. I cried because I still have moments where I am so incredibly deeply grateful and a little like a little bit in shock still that we have this much savings, that we have grown our income, that we have even freaking options to go ahead and earn money in different capacities outside of our job, on top of our job, including our job, through our job. Like the level of gratitude I have is so deep that sometimes I still cry. So I understand that this conversation and this next level of a conversation is a privilege. But what I don't want to get like, you know, I don't want the baby to be thrown out with the bathwater is that, you know, you do have these conversations. You do go to experts that are a little bit ahead of you, that are growing, that are starting to get out of their own way and are teaching you that in the process. Hence why I recommend the Energy and Frequency of Money course. Hence why I recommend Amanda Francis because she's been, I mean, right right now she's clearly several steps ahead of me, but she's always been very honest about teaching where she's at because where she's at is now maybe, you know, okay, so where she was at five years ago, no, six years ago, seven years ago is where I'm at right now. So the things that she's teaching are still very relevant. And there's no shame in teaching the growth. There's no shame in being honest. There's no shame in 
being honest and wanting more because that's the other part of it too like you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't want more if you didn't feel like more was what your belief was more was what your desire was more was what this little itty bitty spark or sometimes it's a huge spark inside of you was like yeah but I really want more yeah I'm really grateful yeah we have this yeah we have that yeah we can do this yeah I got this but I still want more and I don't want to feel guilty about it Hence why we identify the triggers, we start to look at the new habit, and then we now become that person. Um, One thing I do want to point out is before I even got on to record this episode, I went to my um, Wealthy Woman Vision Board that's in my Evernote. Um, I went into her, my, my little thing, right? And I went through and I looked at it and I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's about six months into the year. And it's time for a refresh. Let me take out some ideas that don't feel good anymore. Let me take out some quotes that don't feel good anymore. Let me take out some mantras that have now literally become a part of me that they are, they have become such a part of me that they sound like my own words. I don't need them on there anymore. And this is how you evolve and you walk the talk. This is how you evolve into becoming that person that now is known for X. So this is how I become the person that, you know, now is focusing on having income make me or money make me money if I, regardless of if I'm present, like money making me money, especially if I'm not present, you know, you have two sides of the equation. And I went and I put a picture of Airbnb on my, um, my vision board, my 2022 wealthy woman vision board. There was a couple of quotes that I deleted. There's a couple of other ones that I tweaked and there's like one or two that I bolded. And I just was very mindful of all of that because I want to, I I use the word brainwash and I mean it in a joke, but kind of not really a joke. I want to brainwash myself into the path of where I'm trying to go. Clearly right now, I don't have like eight real estate uh, portfolio houses that we're renting out that we're doing the things with. But one day that will be a reality. Whether it's six years or 16 years from now, that will be a reality. Or hey, maybe it's six months from now because I won the lotto, whatever, right? Or Ben wins the lotto or my mom wins the lotto because those are the only three people that play. But regardless, right? Like you have to start building the foundation to get there. And the only way I feel, because I've done it over and over again, the only way I feel I have ever gotten there is two things. I've been very intentional with who I learn from. I've even gotten to the point where I'm doing, and you know, some of you might think I'm a little crazy, but I'm doing another digital detox, but I'm doing it different than I've done it in the past. I'm not saying I'm never going to get on social media. I'm never going to get on the TikToks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Pinterest, but I've started being very mindful of how I interact with these platforms because I felt like they were influencing me in a, in a way, in a pattern, in a habit that I didn't like. It was always about buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, but it wasn't about, okay, well, yeah, I bought this, but what problem does it solve? How does it move me forward in life? How does it help me figure out how to make money if I'm not present? You know, all of these little things, right? So I ended up actually going into my phone and, and I know that for some of you, this might be radical, but I went into my phone and I deleted social media completely off my phone. I have no Instagram, no Pinterest, no TikTok. Um, I never really had Twitter, never had Snapchat, but like I don't have any of the social medias on my phone. Now that's not saying I don't go on social media because I clearly do. Like I have a tablet that most of the time stays at the house. Um, Again, another thing that was a really big purchase for me, um, I was able to buy the best of the best tablet. It's a Samsung. It works perfectly with my Samsung phone. Uh, It 
was everything I ever wanted. And then when we bought it, I cried <laughs> because to have the money to be able to do that and buy the warranty and not have to buy something secondhand and this and this and this, like I just cried. So most of the time the tablet just stays at home because there's no need to use it at work. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be a lot more intentional. I'm going to be mindful of who is teaching me and I'll have social media on my tablet. So when I get home, if I want to putz around on social media, I just grab my tablet and I do that. And then technically, if I really, really wanted to, I could always just go on Google, right? Like a, a social media apps is just a shortcut. If you, th if you truly, if we stop and think about it, right? The app is just a shortcut. There is nothing stopping me from busting my phone out, going to Google, typing in facebook.com and going on and interacting with Facebook, typing in instagram.com, going into tiktok.com, pinterest.com. Nothing is stopping me from doing that, but magically it's a little bit easier if I have a hyperlink, AKA an app. Like it's a little, it's a little bit of a, like a, it's a little bit retarded if we think about it, right? But bringing it back from the rants of social media and the digital detox for mental health, I go back to the reason why I did all of it is because I needed to be more mindful of who is teaching me. And then the other part of it is now that I'm more mindful of my inputs of who is in my ear, who is on my, literally in my fingers as I scroll, now that I'm mindful of who is teaching me, I'm going to be even more mindful of what things I interact with and I implement, right? Because I'm interacting with very specific things. Like right now, um, if any of you want to do it with me, you're totally more than welcome to. If anyone buys the energy and frequency of money course, whether you buy it now while this episode is basically live within the next week, whether you buy it six months from now, if you want to be like, hey, I want to send you some of the answers to my journal prompts, go ahead and email me. I would love it. I would just totally die, right? You, But like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go back through the content with a fresh set of eyes with a version, you know, 20 something point oh version of Maggie and I'm going to go back through the content and I'm going to figure out okay what things am I a little bit rusty on what am I going to be implementing because this is the person I want to become I want to become the person that doesn't feel guilty when she gets sick like it, it's just dumb to even say that out loud but I don't want to become the person that is guilty when she's sick I want to be the person that's constantly thinking of having money support me in a multitude of ways not just in only one way because that's the only way my brain can wrap its right little brain around right I want to be the person that is in the frequency of money to where money is abundant no matter what no matter what the scenario is whether i show up whether i don't show up whether i'm freaking on a vacation whether i'm spending it whether i'm saving it whether i'm investing it money is still an abundant frequency in my life and i'll still cry and i'm okay with that i'm okay with the gratitude cries like totally okay with that but because of that i am more mindful again of my inputs but i'm also very very mindful of what outputs what things i'm implementing what things i'm doing and when i say doing that means you know going into amanda's website and because i have the course right going into the course listening to the audio and then got getting my journal because you know how much I love a journal getting my journal and actually 
physically with a pen writing out the answers to the journal prompts. And sometimes it's a sentence, sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's a damn page, but sitting there and quote unquote doing the work so that I can become that new person. And the reason why I've always talked about like going ahead and creating um, and doing the journal prompts, like handwritten journal prompts, don't get me wrong, I truly do love my digitals and that's why I sell a ton of digital journal prompts through Etsy, right? But the reason why I like the handwritten stuff and I made it so that all my journal prompts are printable is because I want you to create that tactile sensation of writing the the dream, the thought, the new reality into existence. And then the other part of it too, which is really cool, is if you do that over time, you'll have baby snores in the background, but you'll have this like archive of where you've grown. My favorite thing in the world when I'm like having a really bad day is I'll go and I'll grab an old journal from like three, four, five, six, eight years ago. And it's, it's, fascinating to go backwards and see how far you've come because sometimes it's not that easy to constantly be aware of the new person you've created you have to look back and go like oh wow I've shed 22 21 versions of myself I'm now on version 22.0 and that's okay um I have not found any other tool outside of handwritten journal prompts um or printouts but basically physical paper I haven't found anything that that comes close to that So with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. Again, if you want any of the links that I'm talking about, go to margaretstevens.co slash shop. That's where you can see the books. Um, If you are interested in the course, just click on the show notes. Um, It'll take you right there. Um, Again, to get the cup, um, the painful cup that I'm going to mail out to you for free because I am just grateful and I love you and I'll probably cry as I mail it out to you. Um, but to get that, just make sure you buy the course through my link and then you send me an email with the copy of the receipt and then your address just so I know where to send the cup out to, right? So let's wrap this and put up a little bow on this one because I'm starting to get a little tired and my voice is starting to get a little scratchy. So even, so let's point that out. Even though I haven't been sick, even though I got over the cold, I'm still not at 100% and that's okay. That just means I have to be aware (laughs) that I am not at 100%. So I want you to look at where money doesn't feel safe for you. I want you to go ahead and identify that trigger. I want you to go ahead and create that new pattern. And I want you to start in every imaginable way possible embodying who the newer version of you is, who 22.0 version of you is, who 50.0 version of you is. I want you to start embodying that so that you can go ahead and literally evolve into that new version of yourself. Think of it as like a butterfly. You're going to go from the caterpillar and you're going to go into your cocoon. And when you're building your cocoon, it's the journal prompts. It's who's in your ear. It's the courses you're buying. It's the content you're consuming. That is building your cocoon so that when you bust out as a butterfly, you have the right building blocks to create this beautiful, beautiful butterfly. So with that being said, I just want to thank you again for listening to today's episode. Um, Again, go to either margaretstevens.co slash shop or click the links in the show notes and you can go ahead and dive deeper into anything. And I will talk to you later. Oh, if you want, like I said, I'm not completely anti-social media. I'm just not having it on my phone just so I can be a little bit more intentional. If you are listening to this episode 
or you end up getting the course and you want to tag me, have at it. I would love to see how you're consuming this content um, because I just find it fascinating to see how other people are consuming content into their day life, day to day life. So tag me, please. I'm all over the social medias, but yeah, definitely tag me. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye.